Welcome back to wherever you may be, part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. Happy New Year. Today, I'm once again joined by Krish. Krish, how are you doing today? Uh, good, thanks. Yeah, Happy New Year to you too. How are you doing? Happy New Year. Um, I feel like there's a <laughs> lot to discuss, but we should obviously start with the number one topic over the last few days, and that is Romelu Lukaku. Um, it's quite a difficult subject for me to give my opinion on um but I'll say as much as I can on it um but what were your thoughts when that when that interview initially came out to be honest when it first happened I I was kind of trying to be fair to him in my head I I thought um because initially the way the way the the uh, quotes came out I thought they'd been taken out of context a little bit Mm. I think I think he was kind of talking about um how he was struggling to adapt to Tuchel's system that is not necessarily a Tuchel problem, it's more a Lukaku problem. And, uh, um, yeah, he he wasn't happy with the way he was playing because obviously he had that long spell without a goal before before he got injured and then Mm -hmm. before he got coronavirus, obviously. And obviously he's come back and been in good form and the, the timing of the actual interview and when it was released was all a bit blurry, but I think that was about three weeks ago interviews only just come out doesn't really help anyone but that was my initial reaction but then yeah the the quotes about Inter aren't great having just been become a record signing for the other club you supported as a as a kid um strange thing to do basically I appreciated his honesty but I did think it was just plain weird and you know you're spot on there because I think everyone like wants footballers to come out and be more honest when they speak in interviews but the first thing I did when I saw that was send it to my friend who speaks Italian as well. And I was like, can you translate this? Like, is basically what the headlines are saying, is that is that legit? And obviously when she basically came back and was like, yeah, obviously you've got context has got to be brought up. You have to think about it. But to me, given the situation that Chelsea were in at the time the interview was released, we weren't in a that good a place, should we say. Could Romelu Lukaku not have gone to Sky Italia and gone, please don't put this out? Please don't yeah, put this out. Like, I think it's, it's a bad time for the club. We're not playing mm. well. I'm not in the team. I'm not scoring goals. Arguably, you know, he came back in and scored a couple after that interview was done. But do you not think, because that was the first thing that came into my head, like, why, did he, why couldn't he have gone to them and been like, don't, don't release this, please don't release this, unless he didn't think he was actually doing anything wrong? That's a good point. Yeah, I, I don't really know what he's, he was thinking. He's, he's justified it by saying it was him trying to explain himself to, to Inter fans, which I kind of get. But honestly, once a player leaves a club, does anyone really care after five, six months? I'm not convinced that they do, especially yeah. Inter, who have moved on without him. They're top of Serie A. They're still a fantastic yeah. club with fantastic players. That was always going to be the case. Mm-hmm. It's a bit arrogant to think that he's that important, that he needed to do that. I mean, obviously, yeah. you... Sky Italia would always want to interview him. Presumably they mm-hmm. approached him with it. But at the same time, um, I'm sure the timing of it was out of his control. He probably mm-hmm. thought it was a bit strange that they decided to go for three weeks after the actual chat. Seems yeah. like Sky Italia probably did it because they were waiting for when Chelsea were in a bad spell. That's when Perfect they knew it, time, would, yeah. knew it would have a big impact. And that that is exactly what's happened from, from their perspective. So mm-hmm. um, they've probably got plenty of hits, so fair play to them. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, bad timing. But Well, 
talk about bad timing he obviously came out with an apology video which I think you know on one hand people were like what is he doing why does he need to apologize but I think Chelsea fans on the other hand wanted to hear something from him what did you make of the apology video it was hard to watch actually as I said I I was more on the side of not making a huge deal out of it but it was Mm. it was definitely stupid and I think a lot of Chelsea fans from what I've gauged on social media, as I said, I'm, I'm not in, don't feel that way, but a lot of Chelsea fans were really, really pissed off by that. Yeah. Um, really pissed off by it. So I think Chelsea knew they had to do something. And yeah. as much as, as much as he probably would have been told to do it, it seemed genuine to me. Like he looked pretty kind of rattled by the whole thing and pretty remorseful, I thought. Um, mm. And came across well in the interview. I think he did need to explain what he said. I know he contradicts himself quite a lot with what he said, but um, yeah. he did need to to clear that air quickly. Um, yeah. But I think I think it's been handled pretty well internally. Often these things can go horribly wrong. Um, I know rumours came out immediately that he wanted to leave and all this stuff. I never really believed any of that. Um, yeah. And I think we've gotten to the truth pretty quickly, um, which is the best best thing. I think player power has been an issue at Chelsea across the years and over the years. And I think, you know, player power is something that you don't want in your dressing room. You just don't want it there. You want the manager to be in charge. And personally, I think Thomas Tuchel could not have handled that situation any better in terms of having a sit down with Lukaku in terms of what he said to the media, in terms of how he handled it with talking to Jorginho, Kante, Azpilicueta, the more senior players in the squad and, and coming to a decision mutually. Do you think he could have done anything better? I think he handled that situation to absolute perfection. No, I think the one person this whole thing is reflected really well on is, is Tuchel. Um, mm. As you say, to kind of take him out of the firing line ahead of that game, respond to his players' feelings, uh, the Liverpool game, sorry, respond yeah. to his players' feelings because um, judging by a lot of reports, they weren't best pleased with with what Lukaku had done. They were pretty shocked Understandable. by Understandable. Understandable yeah, as yeah. well. Mm. And uh, I think Lukaku himself was clearly like taken aback by the reaction. Um, obviously, we could have done with him in that match, but that also shows trust from Tuchel to, to back our other players, and it didn't go badly exactly. Um, so, yeah, it was really brave, that and what was necessary. Obviously, the financial fine as well, that's a necessary mm. thing. I think someone, uh, I can't remember who where I saw it, but someone kind of explained it as if a fringe player did this and the same thing happened, they might not have been selected anyway, but they got mm. the fine, blah, blah, blah. You yeah. would immediately be like, that is completely normal obviously club record signing it's much more high profile but it was the right thing and the way he's spoken to the media about it especially I think the honesty from him the kind of gentle way he's handled it he kind of smile he's been smiling in the interview he's been very clear that he wants to like protect the player um but the player has to be punished at the same time it's just very very professional and well handled I I thought yeah 100% 100% I, I couldn't agree more um, so obviously he was dropped for the Liverpool game he was obviously fined for how, however much money Tuchel didn't sort of say how much he was going to be fined um, he played yesterday in the game against Spurs didn't score could have probably scored I thought overall he played quite well I think you know a couple of chances he maybe could have done better but what did you make of over, the overall performance and was it good to have him back in the side? 
Yeah, I thought he looked sharp. I think the header maybe was the one that he should have scored. Yeah. Yeah, Just wide, could have done better. I mean, eight times out of ten, I think he does score that. Um, Mm -hmm. And he applied himself well. Having gone through what he's gone through in the past week, I'm sure he was maybe a bit scrambled, which is understandable. And... Yeah, it was a it was a good strikes performance without a goal, basically. But um, thankfully, we didn't yeah. we didn't actually need him to score anyway on the night. I mean, we didn't need anyone to score on the night, did we? Really, when you think about it. Um, but on to the football now because it was a brilliant night last night without really Chelsea get, getting out of I would say second gear. Um, but more importantly, we played four at the back. <laughs> what like? I was so confused. I was like, surely not. Like, surely Sal's just playing wing back. Like, surely we're not playing four at the back. I was so pleasantly surprised. The, the especially commentators after, were confused as well. Because the commentators didn't realise until about halfway through. Yeah, literally like, what is going on? Like, <laughs> Rudiger and Saar are the two centre-backs in a four at the back. Um, but I was, like I just said, pleasantly surprised by that performance. And for Tuchel to do that in a big game, um, to change a formation and still have those players come in and play really well, I was really, really happy with last night. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I think I, I, I like the three at the back, I think it definitely suits the players we have and enables us to to get the best players onto the pitch. But I did feel kind of over Christmas, especially it went a bit stale. We weren't being anywhere near creative enough that the intensity was lacking. But yeah. against, we, we took to it just really well last night. Like I don't expect him to stick with it in the Premier League, but it's good to know that we can play yeah. a different system. And we looked way more fluid, I thought, and way more attacking which suits a lot because we have so many attacking players, but we play defensive football sometimes, which doesn't work. I think Sorry, Ziyech said yeah. that in his post-match interview. He said, now that we've got one extra player, it almost allows, you know, one of those, well, another attacking player and, and Chelsea to be more attacking. I know you probably don't expect him to play it. I mean, Chesterfield is sort of a, a weird one, but do you expect him to play that same formation in, in the second leg at Spurs, given we've got practically zero wing-backs available? Yeah, potentially. Yeah, that's a good point. Um if, uh, whether he did it to kind of spring a surprise on Conte at the same time, because obviously Conte was going to play a similar shape with three at the back. Mm. Maybe it was maybe it was a I mean, mind uh, game rather than tactical. Yeah. But yeah, you're right that we don't have wing backs as such. We've just got player, two two players who are capable of doing both, but are probably better as yeah. out and out full backs. Well, maybe not Marcus Alonso, I guess. Yeah, but, Marcus um, Alonso probably is. Yeah, but but. Yeah, we've we've clearly just got these like rolling issues of injuries and coronavirus. I think he's just doing what he needs to do. Um, But yeah, I mean, if it works like it did last night, I don't expect that to be the case every time. Tottenham were also rubbish, I thought. Um, So they they can only be better at home. So whether or not the same system will work, time will tell. Are you, are you disappointed we didn't win it by more? Because I feel like 2 nils is a scoreline where Spurs will feel they are still in this tie. If they can get the first goal at, at home in the away leg, then it sort of turns the tie on its head. If we go into this game 3 or 4 nil up, that's almost tie over, isn't it? And, and we had the chances as well. Yeah, I saw a bit of that doing the rounds, especially on Tottenham Twitter, they're thinking they're still in the game because we hadn't killed them off. To be honest, I don't... If... It, <sighs> They'll make changes, but to be honest, I don't think they're good enough to to beat Chelsea two 0 or more. I hope yeah. no one clips this in the future. But um, to yeah. beat Chelsea <laughs> by, by three, so it'd have to beat us by three clear goals, right, to win yeah. outright. Yeah. Just don't see it happening. To be honest, like yeah. um, 
as I said, the Lukaku one was the clear chance. After we were two up, I don't think there were any kind of golden opportunities. Uh, there were kind of like half, half chances, chances decent efforts. Yeah, we deserved more, but it was just one of those things. But I actually don't think it will it will matter at the end of the day. Uh, definitely not to the extent I'd be disappointed. Tuchel definitely wasn't disappointed, and I think that's yeah. the that's a that's a telling sign. Yeah. Um, and just finally, on the Tottenham game, um, one player who stood out, got man of the match, he was my man of the match, um, was Saul. And I think, you know, having seen where he sort of started his Chelsea career and the performances he put in, you know, he's come a long way in such a short space of time. Um, the performance, I thought, against Aston Villa when he came on and played that number six role in place of Jorginho, I thought was really, really good. That was, at the time, his best performance. But playing in a number eight next to Jorginho yesterday... He was absolutely brilliant and he looked like the soul we all thought we were getting back when we we got him on loan. Yeah, and to be honest, if you think about like a normal adaptation period from another league, considering he's like not actually played that much, which was obviously his own fault because that debut went so badly. I think Tuka was like, I can't trust this, <laughs> can't trust yeah. this guy. So eventually you do have to kind of build up Premier League experience and experience mm. in English football before you're ready and I think maybe that's just what he's done I think Tuchel's done better than a lot of Chelsea managers in the past have done with loanies that haven't performed and just completely leave them out kind of kept using him in yeah. drips and jabs a couple of starts a couple of substitute appearances because um, he was really good off the bench against Wolves as well I think um, and yes yeah, or maybe that, that's him I'm talking about I can't remember which game oh, I'm yeah. talking about. But I think he did play against uh, Villa, Villa as well. But yeah. Yeah, 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 it's been so I many games, it. so many games. But, uh, he, yeah, he's now looking like the player I think we thought we'd be getting. I think obviously there's a reason Atletico were loaning him out in the first place, but he showed the quality last night for sure that he's a, a valuable squad player. Whether that'll be enough to to keep him at the club next season, we'll see. But he's definitely technically better equipped than some of our backup options and he's got a tackle in them as well which I think is useful you know you said I think that you made a good point obviously there was obviously a reason that Atletico Madrid were loading him out but I think there was also a reason why Chelsea got him on loan you know Chelsea wouldn't just go and get anyone on loan midway midway or at the start of a season um so yeah hopefully this is the start now of you know him proving that actually he can offer a lot in that midfield especially when we need him um the game before uh the Spurs game was Liverpool. Um, I was at the game. Were you at the game? I was not. I've, I've, I haven't got coronavirus, but I've got someone I, close to me. That's sorry. Yeah, classic. <laughs> oh, I, I knew that as well. You literally told me that. Um, <laughs> what a game. I mean, being there, 2-0 down, I thought the game was over pretty much. But The nature of the goals as well, I thought. They're the, they're the kind of goals that when you can see two like that, so early you just think you're going to end up on the wrong end of like a five now I, I thought it was going to be a kind of turning point but so much like we were just so brilliant I thought we were brilliant anyway like we didn't deserve to be two nil down we didn't even deserve to be one nil down when we went one nil down um let alone two um and we showed yesterday that even when we don't have our big 97.5 million pound striker the other players can step in and do a job and I thought every single one of those players especially in the first half was brilliant against were brilliant against Liverpool. Yeah, completely agree. I, I think that kind of after going 2-0 down, 
even before we were the best team before it was just yeah. mistakes really sloppy mistakes but um mm. that kind of encapsulated everything we've been missing over christmas and i think what is, it with, looked... ju- what is it with december right <laughs> we, we honestly we get out of december and suddenly we start playing well again like it's every mm. single season there is something going on here it can't, that can't be right <laughs> you just get into you get into january the second and suddenly this team starts playing like it did in november i know i know it's, it's unbearable and, um it's so annoying yeah we that's it and, and i think that was probably the the kind of trigger for being much better um, yesterday as well. But yeah, like, cause we, I don't think we've spoken since we beat Villa. That was a bit better, I kind of ground it mm. out. And yeah, you can kind of tell when there's no really like kind of noticeable improvement that things are just going to go back. And that's what happened against Brighton. Obviously that was a game should have won or just sort of seen out. And then, yeah. Again, to play like that. out of over, Liverpool played much better against Liverpool. Suddenly, that yeah. was behind us, and again, looks good against Tottenham. And I, I obviously, we've got a couple of cup games before we're back in league action, mm. but things feel a bit better again, and hopefully, give Man City a better game than <laughs> would have looked a few weeks. Well, ago. I mean, they've got a lot of COVID cases, haven't they? Their game against Swindon goes ahead, but I'm wondering whether they'll all be fit and ready for our game. Obviously, we've got Kante and, and Thiago Silva out with COVID, mm. but Man City have got seven first team players, Pep, and so it, 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 you know, their team might look different when we play them. However, that two-two draw between Chelsea and Liverpool did good for absolutely no one other than Manchester City. Um, mm. They're now ten points clear at the top of us. Obviously, it can be eight if Liverpool win their game in hand. Can you see them dropping eight to ten points between now and the end of the season? Because uh, I can't. No, Unfortunately, I can't. Yeah, it's so annoying. They're just the the one team that that never look like dropping points against the smaller teams. The teams are yeah. supposed to be. I know they lost. Did they lose recently? They did. Uh, who beat them they over drew Christmas? Brent, they, no, they beat Brentford, but they they ground that. They did grind that out. It was a one nil, but. Oh, they, they were losing to Arsenal, weren't they? Oh, yeah, they should have lost that game, really. Yeah, they should have lost that game. They weren't very what good am in I that game. Of? I don't even know what I'm thinking of. I'm I think you must wrong. be thinking of that because, obviously, that they were for until until the penalty, yeah, until Man yeah. City's penalty, they were, you know, Arsenal were much better. So, yeah, maybe that. But, obviously, then City won that game anyway, so... Got ahead of myself. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, and they just never really look like dropping points so I just don't yeah I don't see them throwing it away which is a shame um for us obviously but I think we both said like at the start of the season this season was never necessarily about winning the league for Chelsea yeah. I know it's a bit of, it's a bit it was early to, hope, wasn't it yeah it's a bit but I don't think anyone actually sat there at the start of the season and thought we are going to win the league yeah Exactly. It's the hope that kills you, I think. And obviously being topped by, uh, was it end of November? Yeah. West Ham West Ham when we lost there. Um, obviously, if you're top at Christmas, you have a good chance. But yeah, uh, we've been unlucky with injuries and COVID and yeah. our form. That doesn't excuse our form, but it definitely contributed to it. And yeah. if you can't if you can't manage the Christmas period, it's going to screw you over for the rest of the season, basically. And that's what's, that's what's happened. But I think now, actually, I don't see us being caught by fourth or fifth. Um, and yeah. I think it just means we can try and build up some form, just literally gives us the freedom to see what we can do. 
um, between now and the end of the season. And obviously, we've got a favourable Champions League last 16 tie, so we can enjoy hopefully another deep run, deep run there. Um, and that still constitutes a good season for me. I, I don't think, as I think we both said, we'd like to be in a title race. I think we have been to this point. Still yeah. could be if City lose like one or two games. You never know. If we, beat, if we beat City, mm. I think Chelsea have to beat City next weekend. Like, yeah, that's a good to. point. I, a draw is good for no one, you know. A draw is good for Liverpool, in a way, because they could be eight points, seven points, and behind them if they win their game in hands or whatever. But I think, if, from Chelsea's perspective, they have to win; otherwise, they are out of this title race for good. Yeah, I agree. Um, I just actually want to touch on because I haven't we haven't spoken about it. Um, is Mane's potential red card um, mm. six seconds into the game? Have you seen a clearer red card than that? Or <laughs> actually, I have to admit, like when I first saw it, I was very much I I didn't think it was red because I thought it was more hand. But it's yeah. it's literally one of those ones that gets worse every time you see it. And I don't mean like just during the game. I mean like yeah. after the game on Twitter when you just keep seeing the replays popping up. And yeah, I, I mean just, you've got pundits saying it's it. Don't even need to take a second look at it and call it a red no. card. And it is, even though it's just forearm, it's just the force of it. And it's I the, think it's the movement as well, like just because yeah. you don't catch them with your elbow, if you go up like that and you catch them with that part of your arm, mm. it's still a deliberate elbow and it's still yeah. a red card. And at full speed, it's the full speed replays that are the most convincing, actually, rather than the slow mo. I think the slow mo is actually it's one of those rare Sorry, ones where it, it helps yeah. him. Yeah, the full speed, he absolutely yeah. whacks him. Um, and that would really hurt. And I think Alan Shearer said on Match of the Day, it's about um, you get a red card if you've endangered an opponent. Yeah. And that that is what he was doing. That could have broken his cheekbones, his nose, yeah. his eye socket. I don't know. Um, and any, and any like, if that's another 10 minutes onto that, if that's 10 minutes and six seconds, if that's 60 minutes and six mm. seconds, that's a red card. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's six seconds. That's that's the thing that saved Mane there, is it? It was literally the literally mm. kickoff. Um, but just going back to Chelsea's performances, Chris, um, can you remember a couple of performances back to back that have been as good as that for a while? No, yeah. As I said, I think um, last night and uh, the, that first half, especially against Liverpool, I think we ran out of steam yeah. a bit in the second half, but those are really encouraging good. going forward. And I think. Mm -hmm. Hopefully he'll rest players on Saturday. Obviously, it's the FA Cup, it's still important, but there's the opportunity to rest players against um, a National League side. And then next week, again, bit of rotation. So that actually, looking ahead to Man City, could be quite fresh. Hopefully have players back from, from COVID, etc. So, yeah, it, it was a good way to start the year, I think, after a difficult end to, to 2021 after a difficult December um of course yeah. the January transfer window has opened um traditionally the January transfer window is very difficult a very difficult window to buy world-class players there's not many available um what would you like to see Chelsea do in January because after the last month with COVID injuries it is clear that we do need and with long-term injuries as well that we need backup in maybe a few positions yeah um I think the absolute priority and something we seem to be working towards is left back, left wing back. Um, 
Luca Dean has been mm-hmm. linked pretty widely. I think he'd be a decent option. Obviously, quite expensive, and he's the he's at his prime. He would probably demand a starting place, and Chilwell will be back. Yeah. Um, obviously, at some point next this year, should say next year, not next year. Yeah. <laughs> um, hmm. Maybe the smartest thing in that case would actually be to get Emerson back. I know that's something we're apparently we working try, towards. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, well, I don't know I, if Leon are going to be having any of that. Yeah, I, I've seen that we're still trying. I, I've always, I know he's maybe not a suitor to a wing back, but actually, he's a foot. I did something about him. Uh, I think he's better than Marcus Alonso in many ways, but obviously, we decided to keep Marcus Alonso and loan him out in the summer. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't mind seeing him back. I think he'd probably solve that issue. But um, other than that, I, I, what I would like is tricky because um, we've got young players coming through. It's just I think that is maybe yeah. I mean, Reese James is out for a while as well, but as for Quetta, so we've got a pretty stacked squad. It's just maybe also getting rid of some of the fringe players to create that space. Yeah. Maybe let Ross Barkley go elsewhere. Um, yeah. Other players who aren't getting minutes, but yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting month. I, you know, I think a lot of people struggle to do business in January, and I think Chelsea will be the same. You know, whether that's bringing someone back on a loan or getting someone like Luca Dean, he seems to be the, he seems to be like a a pretty good option. I know a lot of Everton fans mm-hmm. rave about him, especially at wing back. Um, which obviously ninety nine point nine percent of the time Chelsea do play that formation. So. Um, yeah, I think that'll be interesting. I think that'll be one to watch. Um, before we leave, we're going to be doing the 2021 awards. Now, because of the one big thing that happened in 2021, it's obviously really difficult as Chelsea fans to sit and try and pick other big moments or whatever. Um, but before we do, um, it's been another historic year, another Champions League win, a second Champions League win. Um we're going to go through four little awards or four little, we're going to pick out four little awards, Krish. First one, your player of 2021. Cool. I think it's, it's got to be N'Golo Kanto, probably for me, I think. It's tough. Um, but for just unbelievable consistency, like he he is our, apart from maybe Thiago Silva, he is our genuine standout like world-class mm. player who would literally walk into any team on the planet bar yeah. none um yeah. and I, I what I think is a key thing of being world-class is playing being playing every single game to the same standard like he never plays badly which is just mind-blowing when he comes back even when he comes back from injury mm. he's still the best player I remember he came on the pitch against Brentford in the league cup game and got man of the match he was on the pitch for about 15 minutes <laughs> like he's just comes back from injury and he's I mean unbelievable and that run to the Champions League final man of the match in both semis man of the match in the final I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go because you pick one I'm gonna pick another unless there's just okay. not another pick um, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I'm gonna go Thiago Silva um because I still cannot believe he's 37 years old and mm. con- like, like you say about Kante being consistently unbelievable Thiago Silva is that. He is the same, yeah. yeah. is just out of this world. And for someone that's that age and came to the Premier League really late on in his career and has adapted, like, literally 
everyone we've seen so many players come and really struggle in the Premier League and he just hit the ground running and he's been here two years I'm so happy we've extended it for another one because he's just been brilliant so N'Golo Kante is your Chelsea player of 2021 and Thiago Silva is mine if you guys agree or disagree or have anyone else you want to pick I feel like Mason Mount might be up there as well um but yeah if you've got any other opinions let us know right Chris. I don't know if there's anybody asking, but best moment of 2021. Why don't we, if we say the Champions League, you have to pick a moment. So you pick the goal or the trophy lift or like the, yeah, because I've got mine. You think, and I'll say mine first. Mine is the final whistle. I think I know what you're going to say. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Mine's the final whistle. When that whistle goes to the Champions League final, like... Obviously, for me being there, it was like mm. the most. Like I couldn't control my emotions. Like I was like, on the floor. I was jumping up and down. I had my head in my hands. I couldn't quite work out what my emotions were. But also, when I watched it back on TV, which I've done a million and one times, when you see like Thiago Silva on the touchline and a Mount on the touchline and Werner like spraying water. It's those details, like, isn't it? Yeah. yeah honestly, yeah. just like the that moment when the final whistle goes and they all run on the pitch. I just, I love that moment. I've watched it so many times. Like, I love it on Twitter. That, for me, beats the title. If it beats Havertz's goal, I just love that moment when we knew we were champions of Europe for a second time. What's your moment of 2021? So, yeah, same match. It was, in terms of just, like, the pure relief and like ecstasy is probably when that shot from Mares flew over the bar because I think that's just when that's when you just knew that we'd done it and I think that was it couldn't have been closer without hitting the bar obviously but um that moment was just and having a heart in your mouth like that and the relief afterwards of thinking like they can't that's the chance gone. They can't go closer than that after this. Uh, yeah. And yeah, obviously you're right. Final whistle, the goal. The goal came so early. I think I could say the goal if it was in the second half maybe and it was like an obvious yeah. winner because we scored the winner in the, in the first half. Again, brilliant goal, but uh, just yeah. that relief. Yeah, just that relief. Obviously I had, I had a very different like viewing experience Um because none of my best mates are Chelsea fans, weirdly. So, like, I was in a bar with them in, in South London, but uh, I was the only one who cared <laughs> anyway, like, cared, like, actually, more than the others. I would genuinely, for such a big game, unless I was there, I would not watch it with anyone that wasn't Chelsea fans. I can't do it. Like, I can't watch it with people that will be there wanting Chelsea to lose. Like, I just... Yeah, yeah, it's a regret for... I, I really think, with luckily... That. Luckily, no one likes Man City, so I think everyone Actually, was sort of like, yeah. rather Chelsea win this, so that was that was nice. But yeah, the pure relief of that moment. Sorry, that's a long-winded answer, but the the Mara shot flying over, I think. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people might agree. Um, yeah, again, if you guys have got any other best moments of 2021, let us know. Um, right, Chris, best goal of 2021. It doesn't have to be the biggest goal, because I think that would probably be Kai Havertz in the Champions League final, but... Your best goal of 2021. God, I'm really going to have to... Oh, I know. I'm going to go... Yeah, yeah, you go first. I'm going to go because this one springs to mind. He scored two in this game and I can't remember which one I like more. But for me, Reese James 
against Newcastle. Mm. I think the one where he touches it on his right foot, brings it down and then smashes it in with his left into the top corner. Um, I think that was his first goal. I the think. first one, yeah, yeah. But that's one that springs to mind. In terms of importance, it's Kai Havertz in the Champions League final, obviously. Mm. Um, but for best, I'm going to go that Reese James that Reece James goal. I can't actually think of all the goals he scored. Like my memory. I know we don't. We weirdly don't score a lot well, of like absolute screamers. We don't really have no. it in us, do we? But um, no. I'm trying to think. I think I've decided. I'm just looking at our results to see if there's uh, anything to change my mind. But I'm going to go with I mean, that- Kante against Leicester. I've never gone Kante or something else. Kante against Leicester away the other day, where he just. Do you want to carry the ball forward a long way? Yeah, one of our best performances of the season that was. Yeah, absolutely, and then just spanked in with his left foot from way out. That yeah, that was the kind of peak of our season, wasn't it? Um, I I was going to say. I think that's it for me. So you've gone Kante against Newcastle against Leicester, and I've gone Reese James against. Newcastle guys again I'm sure there'll be other options mine and Chris's memories don't go back that far we're trying to think but I think for safe to say we already know what the goal of 2022 is going to be and that's going to be Matteo Kovacic's volley but hopefully we remember that come next year (laughs) doing it this time next year we're thinking what are the goals of the season it's going to be that one okay um and finally the last award is best match of 2021 yeah uh, again um Aside from the Champions League final, I've enjoyed our other matches against Man City, um, mm-hmm. beating Man City. Uh, again, Leicester away was really good. Liverpool away this season was really good. Juve? Um, yeah, Juventus, that was that was really, really fun, actually. Maybe I'll go Juventus. Yeah, I mean, apart from the Champions League final, obviously the Champions League final. That's what I mean, yeah. Time, when when you've won the track, guys, when you've won the Champions League, <laughs> it's really difficult to pick other moments from this for around the season that aren't the Champions League. But um, yeah, everyone's going to pick the Champions League as the best game of 2021. But if we don't, so you're going to go Juve. I'm going to go Leicester because that is a that is a ground that we struggle at so mm. much. Like we never win at the King Power. So to win so comfortably in the manner that we did, we could have been four, five, six, nil up. Like, we were so good that day. And I think still that and Juventus, the two we've said, are Chelsea's best performances under Thomas Tuchel. Maybe that first half with Liverpool get us up there. I thought we played very well in the Champions League final, but those two games really stand out to me in terms of just like all-round performance from everyone on the pitch. Mm. Um, so Chris, you're going Juventus at home and I'm going Leicester away as our best match of 2021. Obviously, number one. Is it happening? But we're trying to think of other other answers. Um, yeah, again, if you guys have any any other suggestions, let us know. Uh, Chris, thank you so much. This has gone on for ages. We've had a right little chat today, haven't we? Yeah, lots we need- to talk about. This so much to talk about and we'll try and keep them coming uh, as regularly as possible with obviously all the games coming up Chesterfield coming up on Saturday then of course the second leg of Chelsea's Carabao Cup semi-final against Spurs then following that is Manchester City in the Premier League so three big games and thank you so much for listening Happy New Year once again if you could drop us a review it'd be very much appreciated subscribe if you haven't already and if you've enjoyed what you heard and we'll see you all next time here on wherever you may be